0: Welcome to a new episode of Frontend Happy Hour. We are joined by our special guest, Ellen, to help us discuss developer productivity. Ellen, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, and what your favorite Happy Hour beverage is?
1: Absolutely. I'm Ellen Chisa, and I'm the co founder and CEO of Dark, a new developer tool startup aimed at making it so we can remove as much complexity from infrastructure as possible. Before that, I was always a PM in consumer technology, so it's been exciting to do developer tools. And my favorite happy hour beverage is a boulevardier.
0: Good choice, that's a good one. All right, let's go around and give introductions of our panelists today. Stacey, you wanna start it off? Sure,
2: I'm
3: Stacey London, I'm a front end developer at Atlassian. I'm Mars Julian, I'm a senior software engineer at Netflix.
4: Jim Young, senior software engineer at Netflix.
0: And I'm Ryan Burgess, I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Focus. Focus. So if we say the word focus at all from now on, we will all take a drink. All right, well, let's get started. I'm interested to know, thinking of productivity, what are your favorite tools that help you be more productive?
2: Uh, and this is not sponsored by Atlassian. Are you going to say Trello? But <laughs> I really appreciate right, Trello. Trello's great. I love Trello. Great. I definitely have organized a lot of things, both for work and, like, not work. With yeah, it
3: works for, for both. It's really extensible, like, personal. Okay, this sounds like an ad. <laughs> for personal uses and, and work uses, really. I mean, you can organize things whatever you, way what you want. So I don't know about you guys, but I've used it for projects and team-related work. You can organize it at different levels. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we even use it for episode ideas. Like, we have a Right, list that's of true. Them. Yeah. Actually, if you ever need an advocate for Trello, you're looking at Mars. Like, just hire her. She will, like, be an advocate for that.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Whenever I move, I always create a Trello board. And that's how we know what needs to get done and what goes where. So, yeah. <laughs> that's how I moved to San Francisco.
2: The whole thing was, like, through Trello. Mm-hmm. Josh and I threw both all of our stuff on there. Was the only way we could keep it. Yeah. Together. Did
0: Atlassian make you do that? They're like the only way I'll move you. <laughs> you have to use so to get your no. reimbursement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. My favorite tool, Google Docs. <laughs> I love Google Docs and also Google Calendar. I would be lost without my calendar. I don't know what I'm doing every day. It just tells me. I'm like it's good. So simple, but. I love it.
4: That's how you know you're an adult when you're like the biggest tragedy befall you in life is if your calendar got deleted by oh. mistake. You're like, I don't know oh, where, I'm where I'm supposed to be, to be or what I'm supposed to be, right, supposed to be doing in life. life. Yeah. yeah.
3: One of yeah, one of the things I really like because I, I use my calendar religiously as well. And I think it's it's you need something to help you have to not remember things because then there was this like interesting study about people who were told to remember something they had to do later in the day were less focused. Mm.
1: Cheers, cheers. cheers. cheers.
3: They were less focused throughout the day because they had to worry about that remembering that thing later. Whereas people who used a tool to remind them later to do that thing didn't have to worry about um, not being able to focus. I'm sorry, I tried to, <laughs> but there was no other word. Um, they just they had more, I guess, brain power, or they opened up a new thread in their brain and they were able to to get more done. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for using tools that free up brain space to get stuff done. Um, Google Calendar is a good example. I really like Inbox by Gmail, which, you know, you can do reminders and you can snooze things really easily. And um, it just, it kind of turns everything into one
1: big to-do list, so. I use that for email too. I used to have the problem where I'd be mentally trying to remember which emails I'd sent and needed a response for. And then I used a friend's Gmail no response script, which then puts them all on a specific label a week after someone hasn't answered and I no longer have to worry about it at all. That's That's amazing. I actually really like that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I used something called Active Inbox and it did something similar where it would like, track if it hadn't been responded and same thing it would pull it into a label that you're like oh who hasn't responded And you can just go through that and follow up on that that's really key
3: yeah inbox will actually do that automatically for some stuff now where if you haven't someone hasn't responded or you haven't responded it'll remind you like a couple days later being like hey do you want to follow up on this or for gmail there's a tool called boomerang which will you can send something and then be like if no one responds remind me a couple days from now and it'll they'll just do that stuff for you
2: the like geolocating to-dos are kind of awesome as well like reminders on iOS has that where you can say like notify me if i'm near the grocery store because i need to pick something up oh. and that's really amazing cuz then you really then cuz even if you have to-do lists or you have th- something that's organizing it you still you still may not check, check it yeah does it
1: work now this used to be a thing we talked about when i was at microsoft all the time but it never actually worked for me it 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 works i haven't used it like I don't use it every day or anything, but
3: yeah.
2: It's been
0: years since I've used it because it didn't work, but I'm happy to hear if you're using it now and it actually works. So that's very cool.
3: Does anyone use any sort of like pen and paper ways of staying productive? I don't, I have a notebook that I keep up to date pretty religiously. This year I started bullet journaling in a sense without the diary aspect to it, just like managing to do's on like a yearly and then a weekly and then a daily basis um, is really helpful to be able to see like what you need to do, you know, like throughout a week just like visualize it on a piece of paper as opposed to in like a digital tool you know you just get a list and it's kind of harder to visualize what you have to do like the events you have to go to with your to-dos and how you slot them into those
0: i've struggled i've tried many many times to have a notebook and i i'll take it to meetings and then i'll like write a couple things in it but i never look at it again so was that useful maybe because i wrote it and like that helps you remember but i don't find i'm using it enough so i've tried very hard to do that yeah
3: Well, I use it not in the sense that, like, writing stuff down, and Mm -hmm. I think Google Sheets or Google Docs or whatever is actually more useful for tracking long-term notes on a project, but when it comes to organizing to-dos on a weekly basis or a daily basis, for me, like, writing it down in, like, a bullet journal-esque format has been really useful. There's also that.
4: (laughs) Wait, so can we like define productivity because what is it i think we all have maybe a different idea of what being productive means
0: getting shit done
4: yeah but we do we get stuff done anyways like getting
2: the right things done
0: yeah Yeah. i like that Prioritizing prioritizing the right things
2: okay yeah i agree with that getting valuable things done and maybe what value is is different based on your context or where you are based
4: on time yeah some things are more valuable to get done a certain time. Yeah, yeah, I'll
0: let things that are not as valuable drop. Like that's how I prioritized it. So yeah, I think that's fair.
3: I think also being able to take multiple projects or tasks, like in multitasking in a sense, but being able to get everything done on time is a way of being productive. And also being able to give like accurate estimates of how long your work's gonna take.
4: I don't know. Like the older I get the more I'm like, can people actually multitask? Like no, actually no, do it? No. But I think I'm most productive when I'm like it looks like multitasking, but there's actually like a thread connecting one to another. And I was like, I finish this, and I move on to this, and I move on to this. But it looks like multitasking, but it's not.
1: It's I'm like, doing this, and I'm waiting for it to finish. So I'm going to do this other thing while that happens. Yes. yes. So I th- I'm going to hate to
3: use the word again, but I think <laughs> everyone's like, here it comes.
0: Focus. No, multi-
3: multitasking is being Cheers. able to focus on one
0: task. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy <laughs> <my sentence>. already <laughs> got it in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Being able to focus on one task at a time, but able to get everything done on time also
0: that's fair and cheers cheers (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah again i said that another time (laughs) that's
3: stacy's fault it is it is
0: going back to the tooling too one thing especially because we're on like speaking of developing podcasts like that's what we're on um I actually find writing myself like command line tools has helped me significantly doing repetitive tasks that I don't have to really think about anymore, whether it be sending certain emails or something like I have templating systems that I've written just to save me time and headaches for having to redo those over and over again. I found that really useful and it doesn't take me that long to write them. So anything I, anytime I'm like, wait, I've done this multiple times. Can I like minimize my effort and just make it a little bit easier and automate it? That's what I've done. So I actually have command line tools that have helped that.
4: Mm. My, uh, my favorite tools are the ones that they just get out of my way. Like you don't think about it. Like you don't think about it, like, oh, let me create a calendar invite and like send it to everybody. Like you just do it. Um, I just switched from Sublime Text to VS Code because I got tired of fighting with Sublime Text for like years over basic things. VS Code, uh, it's okay. But like it kind of gets out of my way a bit. How so? Also like
0: what, what changes? Like I've used both of them, but I'm, I'm what do you mean by gets out of your way?
4: Like I don't have to think about how to do this thing. It's just like natural. It's like using Git. Like we all know how to like make commits and like use command line because we don't think about it anymore. It's just like. Yeah. But if we had to use like um, SVN or something like that.
0: Ew. Like, oh so no. Like, no People, yeah. people don't know yeah. that, like, that existed 100%. before. Like
4: Git is actually a very novel tool.
0: But like, I'd rather go back to FTP and just like overwrite someone's files. Like SVN was terrible.
4: i just like call you and be like, hey, I'm about to push this thing. Do you have anything
1: like that? was easier <laughs> than the deal with yeah. SVN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like Git
4: gets out of our way now. Like we don't think about like we're committing and it does all these things for us, and like that's the best kind of tool, in my opinion.
1: You don't think about it until you try to teach someone else how to use it, yeah, right? Sure.
0: It is. It's an uphill battle until you get it. It's a little bit hard to understand, but once you do it, you're like, wait, this is magical.
1: Yeah, but I'm committing too,
3: just like like pushing code. I think I think it's done a really good job of introducing new. I don't know if I would say tools or features into their their product that make it really easy to review code or just really clear. I mean, they didn't have the like comment approve, reject pull request thing until recently. And it's just really easy to share changes and and comment on them now and and kind of point to specific areas of the code that other people should be paying attention to.
4: Yeah, but GitHub is like tools to help me be productive because it it didn't always exist. So it's like definitely a new tool versus before it'd be like, hey, Stacy, what did you change? Yeah,
2: Yeah. or or the amount of of stuff uh, that's open sourced on GitHub that it like lets you be productive so you don't have to write. Ten thousand lines of code from scratch.
0: Yeah, and you're not redoing something over and over again. Like I feel like before, like npm and GitHub, I would often have my own like secret little like stash of helper functions that (laughs) you know I would reuse. Snippets. Yeah, like snippets. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) And I would have these snippets that I would reuse because like why reinvent the wheel? And you're often doing the same thing over and over again. But there wasn't an easy way to just like npm install and, and run away and be good. Stack Overflow. God, I love Stack
4: Overflow. I would pay for Stack Overflow. Yeah, because like, why should I spend an hour trying to figure out this one obscure CSS issue when like someone else has already solved this problem? Oh, I mean, day?
0: like, how many times you Google something and Stack Overflow is the top when you're like, yes, I will look at that. I would
3: argue that people sometimes learn programming through Stack Overflow,
1: and I was one of those people. <laughs> Any error message, copy pasted in, right? right. Exactly. Oh, that's so
2: perfect. Yes, so yeah. Google for right. productivity or yeah. search engines in general, yeah. are, like yeah.
0: huge. Well, Brian's not here, so we don't have to talk about Bing. We don't use Bing. Yeah, we don't use Bing. (laughs) We use Google. (laughs) I started
4: using Yandex the other day. What the hell is that? It's like (laughs) Russia's, like Yandex is like the Google of Russia. All right. It's like a different ecosystem. But like.
0: All right. Wait. Why? The search
4: search results are different. Uh, I use a proxy and sometimes Google like artificially throttles the proxies. And I like, I got tired of it. I was like. I'm going to try a different search engine. And it's not Bing. Thank God. Bing is terrible. Like I, I've, I've done back and forth. Like it just doesn't. I feel bad for that team because they're just.
0: Brian, go fix it. Like yeah. What the hell? <laughs> All right. We've kind of talked about some tools, things that have helped us be more productive. How do you prioritize your work? What are steps that you take? What are things that help you prioritize your work?
3: That's a really, really hard question. It is. Yeah, Ellen,
4: what, since you're, you're making it. Yeah, you've got, you probably have more work than us. You've so. thought about yeah. this a lot more.
1: I think a lot about how to prioritize work. I think this is a little sacrilege. Most people would say they would take the most important thing and do it first, or people will say you'll never get it done unless you start with the hardest thing. I'm a big believer in matching the work to the energy level which kind of goes back to before but I will make sure like if I'm in a good mood to sit down and do something hard I will do that or like if I know I need 4 hours to set up some new tool I will spend the 4 hours doing that when I have 4 hours and not try to do it in little 30 second chunks where I forget what I've done before
0: I like that like cuz yeah, yeah 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 like there's times when you're like I know this task is going to take this long and if you don't have the time how are you ever going to do it? Because context switching, that's an expense right there. I don't even think we've mentioned that yet, but it's it, the fact is is that will cost you a lot of time and so you're not productive when you have to context switch.
4: So so that is an excellent point. The counterpoint is like yak shaving. Everybody familiar with the term of yak shaving? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yak shaving is like where you try to solve a problem and it turns out it's another problem and you're like 10 problems removed. So like I I follow the, like what Ellen said of... Yeah, like try to do things in chunks if you know it's going to take a long time. The problem is you're like this is going to take an hour and then it turns out it's like something else and it's something else but like the engineer in me is like let me just solve this problem and you're like <laughs> 3 hours later you're like what's wrong Jim? I can't get my computer to boot. It won't boot. It's like yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's like, how do you know when to just like enough? Let me move on to something else and I'll just come back to this.
1: Have any of you figured out how to get yourself out of it? Because the only way I have found is as soon as I catch myself doing it is I go ask someone else and I'm like, is this important? And they're like, no, what, how did you even get here? And then I'm like, oh, right, three hours ago. Right. Right. I think that's <laughs> good too. Is also to
0: check with your peers too because in that case is like sometimes you're 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 in that like deep, deep, dark hole that Jem just talked about. And sometimes it's just worth stepping out of it Maybe go grab a coffee, but or even just ask a peer like, hey, I'm I'm struggling with this and like asking just their thoughts on it. And they're like, why are you even doing this? It's like so that could really, really happen. And then you're like, all right, then I won't bother with this task.
3: Well, I think it also goes back to Ellen's point of like matching how you feel about your day with the like the task at hand. Like if you get to a point where you're frustrated and you're like, OK, now it's time to step back and like to this, you know, to go and get coffee or whatever. I found that a lot of times you'll still be subconsciously working on the problem without realizing it so like gem th- shower thoughts like i'll have coding thoughts and the next day i'll go back to work after have, working on a hard problem Be like oh i know how to solve that problem now because i've took a- done on it yeah well you take a step back you kind of remove yourself from it you don't realizing that you're you don't realize that you're still kind of connecting the dots in your brain and then the next morning you're like oh that's how you do it and you go back kind of rejuvenated a little bit
0: okay have you ever woken up in the middle of the night debug the problem like while you were sleeping you're like holy shit i figured it out that is like the weirdest feeling but i've had it happen many times and i will jump on the computer at that time.
3: i've had dreams about debugging it's so bad <laughs> No, I'm not, even, I'm not <laughs> even kidding you and they were they were <laughs> dreams that eventually turned into nightmares but you wake up the next morning you're like oh i know how to solve that problem now
0: i like to prioritize my work and maybe this isn't the best way, but what's the biggest impact of the business? And I think it goes back to my point where I'll let certain things drop where I'm like, yeah, that's a nice to have. I would love to get that done, but it's not priority. And so I'll constantly be checking those things. And it could be because of the business or how does it impact my team? How does it impact like the work that we're doing right now? And if it's something that's like very future it's nice to have and and that maybe that's not the best way because you never get to those things but thinking of it more is what do i need to do right now and what's the biggest impact that i can make and if it's not that impactful i'm gonna drop it
2: yeah i like to think about like customer value or i mean these are like buzzwords but i mean yeah. the, talk to your like product manager if you're like thinking i'm gonna pick up this this particular set of work like and you're not sure if it's important like just like i always talk to the product manager and be like is this the right thing that we need to be working on right now? Is this like the thing that will get us to uh a b testing something sooner or uh getting feedback on some feature that we're working on sooner so like that just asking I think we'd mentioned that earlier like just ask your teammates, ask the product manager talk and then and frame it I think for work stuff like frame it around like what's the thing that makes your product better for customers like what are they what do they care
3: about and and what's that? I think that's a really good point to bring up too, because beyond prioritizing work that's kind of long running, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of us deal with like daily interruptions. You're working on something that's like a week out and then someone's like, Oh, there's this like really urgent bug and context switching. You do pay a price for it. So if someone's like, I have this bug, but you have other work to prioritize, it's how, how impactful is it to the business? Is it preventing people from signing up or is it preventing people from using your products and? Yeah, probably something you should look into. But if it's like, oh, this is kind of a latent CSS bug. It's been here for a while. I thought I would bring it up now. Like, eh, I, have, I have, you know, other more impactful stuff to do. I think the key word there is impact.
1: Yeah. I think that's a big difference between early career developers and later career, where at the beginning it feels like if you solve the hardest technical problem, that is the best thing. And then later on it becomes what is most impactful.
4: You can, you can argue a good company culture. And Ellen, you speak this working at a startup like from the ground up. Like a culture where something's always on fire and it's like, we got to solve this and you can't do the thing you want to do is probably not the best culture. Like you, I'm sure you've dealt with something like that. So like, how do you, how do you like this on fire, but we need to fix it now. You can't just be like, no, I'm going to do this thing that I'm going to do and like prioritize that.
1: Yeah, I always try to make it so you never want things to feel on fire when they aren't. And I think a problem that happens at early stage companies or with teams who don't necessarily know what's going into the engineering work is that everything feels really important right now. And I try to make it my job to be the calmest person at the company, which is unusual. But when we need to like go refactor something or go look at technical debt or go do whatever it is. If someone else is like, no, I'm not sure if I should invest the time, I try to be the person who says, it's okay, we need to invest the time. This is important.
0: I like that too, is also being calm. I think that's a very important thing is like even when there's like a production bug, panic doesn't help anyone. It's like really actually just hurts it. You're gonna make you're gonna make panic decisions to fix it. Uh so they may not be right or You're just like everyone's stressed to the max. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, the problem's still there. Why be stressed about it? So I think like panicking is not gonna help anyone. So I like that just being calm especially coming from a leadership role, that's really important is being being calm and staying focused. Cheers. 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 What do each of you do if you become overwhelmed with the work you have to do? Like, What advice would you give to someone who's feeling overwhelmed? Like, How do you deal with that?
1: This is sort of weird and comes from an art book, not an engineering thing at all. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. But I will stop whatever I'm doing and write what she calls morning pages, which is I'll just open a journal and write until I hit 750 words. And usually by then I've talked myself off my cliff and actually made an action plan of what things need to happen and why.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, that's similar even... Not exactly that, but I'll like write out like all the things that I'm doing or almost agreed to do or whatever it is, and then prioritize that and say like, and also be open and honest with either like product managers, whoever I'm working with to say, these are the things I have, these are the ones I've prioritized and I'm going to do. And these are the ones I'm not going to do right now. I can't, there's no way. And then if it, if they're like, well, I disagree, it's almost like debating what the most priority thing is. And that that I've found very useful. But I also find I should do those lists earlier. I find I'm like hit the stress point and like, oh, shit, I need to plan this out better. Um, It's like I feel overwhelmed at that point. I wish I'd do it earlier.
2: Yeah, I think like getting the team together um, to talk about stuff that's coming up, the work that's coming up, like, well before it's actually come up and then and try and break stuff down into smaller chunks of stuff and that's like I mean these are just like normal agile whatever scrum what whatever flavor of the day you want to call it practices but to, to talk about it well ahead of time and then break things down into smaller pieces even when I get the even once there is that smaller piece I still break that thing down into like micro pieces and I'm like like uh, working on like a, di- a modal dialogue and then I break it down to like create button and you know like I, and it feels really satisfying to be like yep check I created the button on that, that dialogue and having it be that broken down helps to um, not feel so overwhelmed I guess because you almost have this idea of like I, these are the things I actually need to do and, and where you're at within those set of things.
0: By breaking it down, too, does that also help you write, like, unit tests as well? Yeah,
2: totally. Yeah, because you're like,
0: this is what needs to be done here, and so I can write a unit test to, for this button click or yeah. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I find, like,
4: help having a coworker or a friend to just, like, it doesn't solve the problem, but it helps just, like, smooth things out. I guess the same concept as, like, writing it down, just talking out, like, man, Stacey, I'm, like, overwhelmed. I got this and this and this. You're like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, what about this? and it's just like talking, like you're not going to solve any of my problems, but it just like prioritizes and you're like, actually, it's not that bad. You know, I'm not dying. <laughs> like the world isn't ending. So like we just like pick one thing and knock it off and then keep going.
0: I find even like, especially being a manager, a lot of engineers on our team will come to me and say like, I've got at least like 10 or 15 things that I'm supposed to do what's the most priority and I'm like this and like drop the rest of them don't worry about them it's like really I think your managers can do that or should be able to do that is like really isolate what are the most important things and and talking to a manager might actually help that too
4: You've definitely done that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've done
0: that many times with like so many people on our team. It's like if you were to accomplish one thing and like dropped all these other things. Yeah, that sucks that we didn't get all these things done. But there's that one piece that I'd rather have the quality work and like the thoughtfulness that goes around it. And we can figure out the rest later. But I think there's always one or two things that are like high priority.
3: Yeah, one of the first things I was going to say is talk to your manager and Ryan is my manager, obviously. <laughs> but also, I think, um, a talk I really enjoyed at ForwardJS was by Trent Willis, another Netflix engineer, which kind of goes back to what Jem's saying about just, you know, taking someone you know well at work and having a conversation with them and also just being able to vent sometimes like you just being able to overwhelm like there's a lot of either nervous energy or frustrated energy and being able to kind of like have an outlet for that can be really really healthy and to just alleviate a little a little bit of the pain
0: bitching about it helps
3: yeah it does i mean it doesn't get the work done but it it helps you get it back into a place where you can start to work on something again which goes back to ellen's point about lining up the work you want to do with the way you feel at that moment
1: having also been a pm before pms are mostly there for that purpose and like no one's ever going to go to a pm and well, I hope not. They wouldn't be a very good PM and say, I'm overwhelmed. Help me prioritize. And the PM's going to say, no, do it all <laughs> <laughs> like that shouldn't be happening. If no. that's happening, there's a very different problem because
0: <laughs> even in the product manager's eyes, there's probably the one thing that they, they would see the biggest important thing. And if they were like, OK, well, cool. I'd love the other things. But that thing, if it was done well and done right, that's the most important right. thing.
1: And it might seem scary to talk to your manager sometimes. And so if that's the scary thing and you could talk to your PM, who's your peer, like that's great.
0: Good point. Hopefully your manager isn't scary, but you know.
4: <laughs> I got I got one for everybody, and we've we've all dealt with this, but no one ever talks about it. Growing up, how do you deal with meetings? Because like meetings are important because they like they help everybody else prioritize, but you can also go to so meeting, so many meetings, you're not getting any work done. So it's like totally orthogonal to like what you should be doing.
0: All right? I got an answer for you. Yeah, be selfish with your time. Honestly, I think it's we all get these calendar invites. Ignore it. Like if it's not that important and you really aren't providing value, why are you going to it? Just because it was on your calendar, it's okay to skip that. And in my mind, I mean, not everyone will agree to that, but I honestly think if there's no value for you, then there's probably a better thing that you could be doing.
2: One of my PMs recently, she was like, I won't accept it unless someone has a clear agenda and they've communicated why it's important that I'm there. That's fair. And if I ask them again, like, why, why should I, what's my importance for me to be there? I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I need to, I totally need to do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, put more ownership on the person creating that invite. That's a really good point.
3: Yeah, because creating meetings isn't just like setting out an invite. You also need to set the right context. And there there actually is quite a bit of work into setting a meeting. In my mind, you should like have an agenda. You should have, you know, the right description so that people can just read it really quickly and be like, hey, this is what's going on and the right questions. And everyone can come in with kind of on the same page to begin with.
1: For me, I care the most of what should the takeaway be walking out of the meeting, and if we don't know the shape of what that is, there shouldn't be a meeting.
4: Yeah. I like that too.
1: Yeah, I like that a
4: lot. I think I think a lot of people, and I see this on PRs too. It's like, hey, review my PR, and it's like, do I need to? Because like, it's you're costing me time now, so it's like, time I could be doing something else. So like, is my opinion that valuable? Same with meetings. Like all these people, like they get paid a certain amount of money, and you're like taking an hour of their day. So like, is the payoff worth it?
0: I also feel like it'd be interesting to do almost like highlight how many people are in the meeting, what's their salary for that hour or <laughs> half an hour, <laughs> and go, what's yeah, the, cost the cost of this meeting? Was <laughs> yeah. this meeting right? that valuable? I Honestly, it would be interesting to do and but really hold yourself But what's the cost and also what's the profit, though? Because exactly. if you have like
3: a clear idea of what you're getting out of it, like to Ellen's point, yeah. then you can kind of do like very businessy, but it costs – profit analysis for meetings that actually would be really interesting as kind of be. like an extension a chrome extension
4: I, I, that's like kind of passive aggressive though, because you're like <laughs> you're costing us ten thousand dollars in right, this meeting right. but i agree it's a good
3: idea. Yeah. it's tough though i mean i think i'm um, we are kind of blessed in the fact that we come from a place where we're talking about meetings take an hour out of our day but in a lot of other places like meetings will take an hour out of your day which will add an hour to your day later in a sense like some people will you take an hour for a meeting and that just means they have to work an hour longer later. And I think some of us are pretty blessed that we can just take an hour and we still end around the same time. Um, but I, I just want to kind of point that out that, you know, in some places it is productive. In other places, it just makes the day longer.
1: I think I've also realized it doesn't – people who are asking you for meetings don't always know how to organize it. And I've found it to be really successful when I say, oh, I know you want to have a meeting. Can we have the meeting in the hour before or after lunch when I'm already breaking my flow anyway? And oftentimes it doesn't matter, but they've just picked a random block in their calendar.
0: I often do that even some, I won't say I do it all the time, but sometimes I will actually be thoughtful about when I put a calendar invite, even for like one-on-ones with someone who's my direct report is I'm like, oh, well, they're already in this meeting. And so I'll throw like the one-on-one after that meeting or before that meeting, because then it's like, well, you're already out of the zone, but throwing it half an hour where they had that one meeting and then they had half an hour free and then my one-on-one that's very costly. And I, I I don't do it all the time, but it's definitely something that I'm a little more aware of. I'll look at that and go, oh, wait, I could probably slot this in here. And then they're already, you know, they're already out of the zone. They're, they're not on that right now.
3: Does that kind of lead into the next question then? It absolutely about- does. It's like,
0: what does it mean being in the zone? Why does that even matter?
3: I think also I want to add to that, like, how do you Indicate that to people you work with.
0: Ooh, I like that. Little <laughs> headphones, middle finger. They come up. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Yeah, Mars. How do you deal with that when someone interrupts you <laughs> all the time?
3: Okay. Uh, well, not easily. Um, I think it is important to have kind of a boundary there of like understanding that someone is in the zone um, because it is a really productive time. Like they're deep in a problem. They're like really focused. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. They're really like working on it. and they Because the minute you pull someone out of the zone in a situation like that, they kind of lose all of the context around how they got to that particular point and what they're working on at that time, if that makes sense. And when you're working on a really hard problem, you've worked through a thread of issues, you have kind of a train of thought going on, someone pulls you out and you lose all of that. You lose all of that progress that you've made mentally on working on that problem. So pulling someone out from the zone is in my opinion, more painful than just context switching because getting back to that place, understanding why you got there, how you got there is very, very difficult unless you've written it down, which is not something we typically do when we're working on a programming problem. Um, And I think that's, I mean, that's why it matters to get to that point. And it can be very expensive. And I don't mean money-wise, I mean mentally to pull someone out from that and trying to have that boundary and indicate it to other people is not easy. Even when you have headphones on or even if you're not even playing music, it doesn't necessarily help. People don't always respect the boundary. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just comes from a a place of – frustration and learning. Have you
2: have you seen that cartoon? There's this wonderful cartoon yes. where it's this person thinking through a problem and they start creating these and there's bubbles above their head uh showing all the mental models that they've started to create of like solving the thing. And even if you write that down, even if you're like to like transcribe these bubbles of 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 Thought, mental models, yes. even writing it down, you still have to recreate those bubbles. Um, from that list. So there's always that cost. And yeah, there's the, the cartoon and eventually it's just like, someone's like, excuse me. And you're just like, zoop, <laughs> they all those bubbles go away. Just go yeah, away. Yeah. And you're like,
3: ah, oh, I to recreate it all again. I hate having a hard and fast boundary on being in the zone. But one thing I really, I liked and disliked it about a previous company I used to work at, it was, it was called having, we had an open office layout, um, but we were, had a concept of an open and closed door. Like when you were programming, you could have a closed door. And when you were not in the zone, you could have an open door. And it was literally a little light on people's monitors that you turn from red to green. Oh, I love that. Mm, right. so you awesome. would So you would be programming and you're in the zone. You're like, I'm really working on a hard problem. I need four hours for it, for example. And you turn your light to red. And then when you're back to being available and interruptible, you turn it back to green. Um, I thought that was really I, – I didn't – Love it all the time, but I thought it was an interesting concept that you could close and open your door, even in an open office situation. Yeah, I suppose some
2: people could be kind of like jerky about it and have it be red all the time and be like, never talk to well, me.
3: Well, to be fair, one of the hard times too is like you turn it to to red and you forget to turn it back to green. I mean, that's just like really <laughs> simple, but also someone just like artificially closing their door. I mean, you me.
0: could automate that too. Is like if you're on like Facebook or YouTube or something that turns <laughs> to green. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it, like.
4: Your analogy is correct. It's like a computer. You know, you like you have a human brain has like a finite amount of RAM, like just like local memory that you need access quickly. And like studying the problem, and understanding it, being in the zone is like you you have all that loaded up, and you only have like a fixed amount of space. So when someone comes, like, hey, and it's like empties out because like picture immediately. Out, picture immediately, no, no, yeah, like, like picture answer. every hard problem like you just like dug in, you spent days on this thing or hours, and like you understand it completely. Like you have the entire picture in your head. You can like walk around it and understand. Now think of like the details of that problem. You probably don't remember right now. Cause like at the time it was the most important thing. Cause like you knew it inside and out, but now you're just like, I fixed it. It was like this weird hack I'd do. But like at the time, you know, it's all everything about the problem. So like that's being in the zone to me. It's just like, Nothing else matters. I know exactly what I'm doing right now.
0: And no interruptions at that And no point. interruptions.
4: Yeah, at that time I moved from like standard gem to like 10X gem or 100X gem. Cause like, <laughs> I'm just like on fire. I just create really great things when I'm in the zone, but it's like hard to get
2: there. Uh, one of the things that I think is cool that uh, not everybody can like take the time to do this, but if you have like a, one day a week where it's, it's no meeting day oh, that'd be great. and it's like a company-wide thing, that's amazing. I love it. I love that. It's so nice. This is the first place I've been where they're like, no meetings on this particular day. People, for the most part, respect it. You can even get back to other teams and be like, hey, by the way, this is like our team's no meeting day. If you could schedule around it, that'd be awesome. And most people are cool about that. So like it's been the most productive day for me.
0: What's the no meeting day?
2: uh wednesdays mm.
0: Mm. awesome i i know i've seen that in netflix where there's been teams or i think even at some point more of the company had done that and i think that's a great idea
3: yeah historically it was tuesday yeah, yeah one of our teammates like works from home on tuesdays because it was historically a no meeting day hmm.
0: so staying in the zone i think there's ways that can help you stay in the zone while you're actually not being interrupted but like media sometimes like can do that. Does anyone find any media, whether it be music, podcasts, anything? What, like what helps you stay in that zone?
2: The front end
3: happy hour podcast. <laughs>
0: sure, yeah. As, as there's like drinks the, and the, Yeah, like the sounds
3: of us laughing constantly. Or not at all, really. That would be really mm-hmm. distracting. <laughs> I actually really like um, Rainforest and like Rain soundtracks and Thunder.
0: Interesting. Huh. Yeah,
3: it it kind of recreates that feeling of like, well, I can't go anywhere anyway. <laughs> I love
1: that. That's so
3: good. Yeah, honestly, like, I, like if you're at home and it's raining and thundering outside, like I co- I come from the East Coast, I miss thunderstorms like you know no other. Um, at that point, you can't really go anywhere. You just have to embrace that you're at home and there's nothing you can do about it. And so, in a work environment, that means you know, I, there's I can't go outside. I can't go. Oh, I mean, I can go have fun, but I I can't, I am staying inside and I have to do something whether I like it or not. And it it just really kind of puts me in the zone because it's very, very focused because the outside world is not (laughs) something.
0: Cheers. Cheers. It's been a while. So yeah. Yeah.
3: The outside world is not something I want to venture into when there are thunderstorms and rain going on out there in my mind.
0: I love that because like I think of any time when actually living in California is tough because every day is fairly nice that it's hard because like when it was raining or like I grew up in Canada, so it was cold in the winter. And those are the times you're like, I'm just going to stay indoors and do whatever I want, if it is being productive. No one can interrupt you because, hey, it's cold. You're not going out there. You're like, you actually want to hibernate. Whereas here, it's tough sometimes. I kind of like that idea, Mars. I really. You should, you
2: should definitely like move to Wisconsin. You'd be way <laughs> more productive because winter. And you just you stay in your house, do a lot of work.
0: Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's
3: what the rain and thunderstorm are right, so to me. I same. guess, no, yeah, I same. guess same. if you want to yeah. be
0: productive, move to a cold place for that time. I'm
4: going to pick, uh, I, I picked them before, Explosions in the Sky. I like, love them. I've gotten so much coding done to Explosion in the Sky. It's like ridiculous. Cause there's, there's no vocals. So it's just uh, like pure audio. And I can just like space out. And I've heard the album like millions of times. So like it doesn't. They have a few
0: albums, don't they? They do. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: I prefer their first one actually. Which that just, like, one is a really good one. Fidelity one. Yeah. Uh, Stacy, you had a good playlist you posted the other day. Oh,
1: thanks. <laughs> I, dude,
4: I wrote so much code on Friday to that playlist. So I was oh, just like yeah. running for hours. I was like cranking out code because of that music.
1: Nice. I need everything to be silent, which I guess is boring. <sighs> um, and so that means. I'm most productive if I can be like at home by myself without having to go anywhere, but it turns out that doesn't go well with having a job. So (laughs) Um, instead I try to make sure if I get out of flow, I get back in the most quickly. And so I found it really helpful. There's this blog, The Great Discontent and they interview like designers and engineers and artists about how they make things. And usually reading someone else talking about their creative process gets me back into it fairly quickly.
0: That's really cool, wow. too. And also, you could probably find interesting things that they do to be more productive. Like, there's this one tattoo artist who I'd always been blown away with by how much work that he can do. He does, like, tattooing and paintings and all these, like, crazy things. And I was like, how how does that happen? And what he does is he, he sleeps, but he sleeps in, like, sprints where it's like he'll sleep an hour. I've heard of this. That, oh. yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's super healthy or yeah, not, but he it works for him it's it i mean i can see how much he produces so it's impressive yeah but at the same time i don't know that i'd want to do that so yeah it's like you you work a little bit get something done and then you're like go take a nap for an hour and and then go back to doing whatever you know doing work or if that was a painting he was working on i don't think that would work for me too much i also find like it's hard for me to get sleep so it would be really difficult to be like all right it's my hour i gotta get to sleep I would spend that hour trying to get to sleep and then go back to work. Yeah, (laughs) So impressive if if that works.
3: I've heard of that a lot though, that like, you know, sleep and sprints thing, but same, it's just, does it work for everyone?
0: Yeah, and even if you're like company, like, I mean, Google has nap pods and stuff like that, and maybe that you could do that, but I still find that would be hard for me to go, all right, it's my nap time. Like, I feel like a kid.
1: <laughs> what if nap time conflicts with in the zone time? Exactly. Yeah. And so you
0: should fight that and you should just go in the zone at that point, right? You're, <laughs> You're like, like, no, it's my it's nap time, time, but I'm in the, the zone. zone. I'd, I'd rather, rather keep, keep going.
2: It's momentum. Getting off of social media. I feel like that's like, oh. for, product, like t- for productivity, I feel like the, d- the amount of distraction that we have now more than ever is all of that. It's social media, it's notifications, it's a million things trying to get your attention at all times. So I will lose like hours. I will be like, oh, I'm just like flipping through a few things and all of a sudden like two hours later, I'm like, oh my God, I've done nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I've done nothing. And like sometimes it's good to take a break and do those things, but other times, you can get so much more done if you shut that stuff down.
0: I'm so guilty every time I pick up my phone for a reason I get sucked into, like, Twitter or Instagram, and I'm like, oh, yeah, what was I going to do? And (laughs) I, like, like, totally forgot. And it's It's so painful. It's bad.
4: So, Ellen, what you said about, like, being, like, you need need islands, that's, like, new. It's not new to me, but, like, I think in our generation, it's just, like, blah, 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 and, like, that's what we're used to. So, like, background noise is comforting. But I have heard a new thing, and it's, well, it's not new, obviously, but it's just, like, we don't spend enough time in silence, just, like nothing just like let our brain cycle through and i've been trying to do that more because i used to like uh listen to uh music in the shower because like who doesn't it's the great time to like listen but it's just like no i'm just gonna shower i know, I know a revolutionary, revolutionary thought. thought i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> a
3: shower thought gem's shower thoughts are making a comeback
4: <laughs> oh maybe Ooh. <laughs> yeah but it's like it, it is good to like read or just nothing which is really hard to do surprisingly it is i don't know maybe it's like if our parents are listening to this, like, millennials.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the new one? i yes.
1: done it. <laughs> yeah. Have you done it? How was it? It was weird. Yeah. yeah. It made me really dizzy at first, but it was actually pretty cool. I would recommend yeah. doing it. It's kind of fun.
3: here. Do they have them in here in San Francisco? I don't know. Like I was in
1: Boston at the time, yeah. but I'm sure they do. I feel like if Boston has it, San Francisco probably yeah, also has it. We'll catch up soon. <laughs> yeah.
4: So if, if Dark becomes a billion-dollar company, when it does, will you buy them for the office? Like the sensory deprivation? <laughs> <company>? as, <laughs> as, as you, you, know, know, you can could totally,
3: totally do, do that. 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 I'm just, I'm just saying. saying I We've gone beyond nap <laughs> pods to censor information
1: pods. <laughs> Having worked for two CEOs who like custom designed the entire office to be exactly what they wanted, I am now the person who is like, what would all of you like? What Good can I call. get that would I be nice that. for you? Because yeah. like, yeah. I don't care and I can't tell. Cheers to that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important as a CEO is like to really suit it for the people and not necessarily yourself.
1: Our designer painted the office black, blue, purple, and orange. And I didn't know until after he'd written the words on the wall. And I was sitting there being like... I could react or I could just let it go and see what happens. And then it worked out really nicely. All right. Black and blue and purple and orange. Yep. It sounds really weird. It worked out. It does but when I saw the weird, words yeah. written on the wall, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And then it works. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm glad I hired you." You put trust. I, trust. I was going to say, you Trusting put trust. <laughs>
0: and I think that's, that's important too. Actually, even for productivity is putting trust in your coworkers and colleagues. I think that's really, really important. Is actually, I think delegating and being able to trust that someone else is doing the work can really help too
4: that's yeah that's a great point like yeah. if i'm on my phone like i don't want i don't know a ceo coming by and be like why are you on your phone it's like i could be doing mobile testing or if i'm just watching netflix it's like this is what i need in this moment right now like don't question that but the the worst company doesn't work for like always question it's like why are they in the break room having chips and like for an hour and they haven't gotten any work done it's like that's not the way to think about like your employees yeah.
0: all right as we wrap up i have one last question for everyone. What advice would you give our listeners that could maybe really be helpful for them to stay more productive in their jobs?
3: That's hard because I, I i mean, going back to your last point, um, I think figuring out what works for a particular person comes from, it comes from empathy or sympathy at this point. I don't know which one. Both. It, is. Both. it comes from empathy and sympathy. You have to understand that everyone has a different process. So, I mean, I can only offer like what helps me to be more productive, which is to like, be vulnerable, actually. Um, when there are moments when I'm overwhelmed, I will talk to coworkers, I'll talk to my manager, I'll I'll say these things out loud and just acknowledge that this is how I'm feeling. And if I'm in the zone, I'll also be like, hey, you have a question, give me an hour or give me a minute. And that that's new for me. That's not something I did a long, for a long time. But being able to just be self-aware enough about what you need and be selfish with your own time and be able to be vulnerable to express that to other people. I like that. For me,
2: I think my biggest advice of like all the years of doing this is uh, working 80 hours a week is not how, you be pr- is, is not how you're productive. Um, for me, it's getting sleep, taking breaks from computers, uh, going outside in nature, um, getting out in sun, getting vitamin D. <laughs> all of these things um, make the time that you do focus, cheers. cheers. <laughs> much more, cheers. much more productive. Um, I think some of your best work is when, when you are rested and your brain is ready to handle the problem and you can't do that if you're exhausted.
0: Good point. I think like we always forget that is like being productive is getting what we're trying to get done, but sometimes just taking a step back from that is really important. Yeah. I'd
4: say exercise is like your own exercise. I'm not saying like go to the gym and like get your heart rate up to like whatever, just if you want to play pool or like do something physical and like get your body going, like no matter what what science you subscribe to, everybody will say like being physical helps your brain. Like it builds up that sugar that your brain consumes. Um, I'd say largely it's establishing like the habit of like what you need to be productive. Like for me, I should be more flexible about how I'm productive. But like when I'm working from home, it's like I got my monitor plugged in. I got like this. I have like a water here so I need to get up. And it's like I have my entire setup and I just like crank out stuff because I don't need to worry about anything else. And like for me, that's most productive. Other people have something different. But it's like find the habit or weird patterns that you have and just like stick to those and like always try to fall into those if possible
3: i would substitute the word weird for just unique (laughs) i
4: guess yeah it's not weird it's pretty standard i guess
0: i I mean i think even for me is like having a decluttered desk and things like that will help me so like if it's cluttered i know i'm not going to be productive because it bothers me (laughs) so it's like just take the five minutes to clean it up and then that will actually help me
4: and also get little things done like that's insanely helpful it's like you got a big bug you need to close something like that close some easy ones like close an easy one because it like it, it helps you ramp up and like you eventually get to that point where you're like i'm on a roll
0: because back to mars's point when she was talking about carrying that like cognitive load of like offloading something you just like offloaded 10 things that you were still in the back of your mind that you're like okay, yeah, this is my major task that I have to do, but I also have these like five bugs that are sitting there that are pretty easy. And you're like, if you just hammer those out, now you just have one major task to do. And I, I'm, I'm a big subscriber to that.
1: I totally agree with all of that. I think all of us together are things that you all came up with by being reflective. I think being reflective about what works for you is really important. And that's not like, you guess you can read 10 productivity blogs if you want to, but like read all 10 and then decide which one is the one that matches with how you do things.
0: Great. As we wrap up each episode, we love to share picks of things that we found interesting that may be helpful to our listeners, things that we found interesting. Let's go around the table and share our picks for today's episode. Stacey, I'm looking at you as a start.
2: All right. I have two picks today. Uh, the first one is related to kind of this topic of productivity. Um, so I'm going to recommend a tool called Bolt. Um, it's, a, it's a tool written by uh, Jamie Kyle, who also worked on Yarn, Flow, and Lerna and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, uh, so we're, I'm, I work on a large sort of React UI component library, which is monorepo. It's a single single repo with many, many, many sub-components and packages. And working on that kind of stuff is really difficult. And like if you need to upgrade a particular package, like I was upgrading some styled components stuff recently, you'd have to do that by hand if you didn't have tooling. Um, to help you with that, and it really takes a lot of time. You're you not productive. You're doing things that computers should be able to do for you. <laughs> so tools like Bolt um, uh, do that stuff for you, and I think that's really great. Um, so that's a really cool package, if er, er, a tool, if you're working with something uh, in, that, in that way. Um, second pick is uh, a song by John Hopkins called Emerald Rush. It's like a new release. He hasn't released stuff in a long, long time since 2013, Um, He's a British producer and musician, a bunch of different kinds of electronic music, um, kind of like IDM, ambient, contemporary, classical. Uh, really great. Very excited to see new stuff from him. So check it out.
0: Mars, what do you have?
3: Oh, it's my turn. I was trying to find that one, like, one hour track of thunders and rainstorms from when I was in college, but I can't find it. So, uh, my first pick is a new service I just learned about called Texture, which someone explained to me as the Netflix for magazines. So you play, you pay like one monthly subscription price and you get access to i think it says 200 plus magazine magazines on their site and i i think that's pretty interesting because i don't want to get the paper version and i also don't necessarily want to pay for the subscriptions for all of them online um so if you're interested in 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 that you can learn a lot about different topics just because there are magazines about different things all the time uh the second is a chrome extension called pseudo localizer so um we just learned about this at work, where if you want to have a really quick and somewhat cheap way of figuring out localization issues with your UI, for example, like extra padding, like super long strings or, uh, dialytics, uh, for, you know, different languages, you can use pseudo localizer, which will replace your text on your page with kind of strange looking text, somewhat human readable, um, but will help you uncover UI issues earlier than you would in a normal localization cycle so it's it's pretty interesting um i'm excited to use it and we'll see how it goes
0: great that will be more productive at that point
3: yeah yeah definitely
0: jam what do you have um i have
4: two picks today actually, i actually have three picks first one is called npm compare um i don't know if you've been around recently but if you ever try to find a package on npm and there's like oh i need to find this thing that does g zipping for express something i don't know and there's like 50 packages yeah. like Oh, cookies. Cookies is my favorite one. Like, try to find a cookie package on NPM. This am pretty sure check. I have my own on NPM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cookies. Everybody does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, check out my mixtape. Check out my NPM package. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a site that lets you compare different things. So it's like, uh, right now I have Connect versus Koa versus Express. It's like, what kind of framework do you want? And it pulls up all the details about, like, how long it's been around. When's the last update? Um, how many dependencies it has? Like, super useful stuff. Because right now it's just like npm install and like hopefully it does your use case uh my second pick is uh actually ellen who the way we met till now uh she reached out on linkedin and like a really solid like hey i'm working on this thing i love your podcast it was like personal details and i was like i'm not interested and she's like cool um uh, by the way your podcast's awesome I was like you want to come on and like that's how it happened it was just like yeah shout out to ellen who's like it was like it was a good recruiting message i was like i'm not interested right now but like thanks I, I like I appreciate you put in time and like I respect that, and I just never ever see that so that that's my second pick. I mean I- we get a
0: lot of recruiting reach outs. So everyone does, and i I, I can appreciate it.
4: they're so lazy, they're all so lazy, oh my god, anyways that's a <laughs> do we have an episode about that yet or I just ran <laughs> next episode uh and my third pick for my uh segment called Valley Silicon, where I pick things that are just oh, ridiculous right about it's it's so good. <laughs> It's ridiculous. My um, pick now is raw water. Have I talked about that yet?
0: No, but I've seen
4: no. it. Oh, so uh, we all know Juicero, right? That much maligned juice pressing. So the CEO of that now failed startup is now on raw water, which is the movement to drink raw water because, you know, the government puts stuff in water like fluoride. Wait, what,
2: R-A-W water?
4: Just raw, as in like unprocessed, unfiltered water straight from a stream because like that's healthier. And as human evolution, we haven't learned anything about yeah, the fact's a trend, but the fact is so outrageously expensive. It's like ah, uh, yeah, that's Valley Silicon right there. It's so stupid.
3: Wait, but they're doing less work to the water. Than yes. Throw my eggs yes. More expensive.
4: It's like here's here's cake and some eggs and some sugar. It's called a raw cake. You make the cake yourself, and I'm charging you five hundred dollars for that. <laughs> You're like, wow, what a great experience I'm paying for now. Like, yeah. This Anyways, look weird. it up. Raw water. It I is a real thing.
0: Valley Silicon.
4: <laughs> Yeah. Good pick Those for that. Are my picks. Sorry, that's very ranty, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ellen All
1: right. Well, now the gem has disclaimed this for me. I am hiring people. So if anyone is excited about working on developer tooling and specifically about making it so the next order of magnitude of people can write code, please come talk to me about that.
0: What specifically are you looking for?
1: Ah, I'm looking for two people, one front-end engineer, which is how I found the podcast, because I try to do my research before trying to hire things and try to do well the job done. myself. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about bad recruiters that I'm also happy to talk about. <laughs> Bring it back. Also, the best part about hiring is that you get to meet a lot of really cool people, because even if they don't want a job, they'll let you be on their podcast, which is great. <laughs> um, but so I tried to pick thematically appropriate things for the podcast, too. And so for the front-end side, I redid my personal website recently, and I used Skeleton CSS, which is a really nice, easy, responsive grid layout system. And for someone who doesn't spend all my time writing CSS, this made my life so much better. And if you're redoing your personal website or if you need an easy, responsive framework, please use Skeleton. It's great.
0: Or if you don't like writing CSS.
1: Or if you don't like writing CSS, which I feel like is many people. It is. And then on the happy hour side, there's a designer in Chicago that I followed for a long time, Creighton Berman, who just released a new set of cocktail things, which is a mixing glass and two cups and a set of decanters. And so his website is manual.is, and they're these beautiful frosted glass things. And I bought myself a set with a Kickstarter because I was excited about supporting him, and then I liked it so much that I bought another set for our office. And so I highly recommend those. And so those are both my front end and happy hour. Picks. Nice. Well done. I like,
0: it. I, I like that. Staying on theme. And these look amazing too, by the way. So I can see why you bought multiple ones. I have uh, two picks. I have one that I, I guess could be like a productivity tool. If you're trying to capture video of yourself, but also of your screen at the same time, there's this really great tool called Soapbox. It does a very good job of, and you can really edit it too, is like switching between the like capturing of you talking and then the screen, you can like, after editing it is like, it's all in the browser, it's super easy to use. It's a Chrome extension that you can get. The reason I actually know about it is because I was talking to uh, an engineer who works on the tool, her name is Kim Nguyen. Uh, I was talking with her, she's like, yeah, you need to try this tool I'm working on. And we had a really good conversation. I was like, I tried it out. I'm like, this tool is amazing. So I highly recommend checking it out. And my second pick is Tales from the Script. It's a podcast really on front end with a horror theme to it, which I (laughs) love. The reason I pick it too is Chris Demars. He reached out to me to be on the podcast. I did an episode last week with him. I think it's actually coming out shortly. So after this episode is aired, it definitely will be out. I was speaking to him with about uh, AB testing, especially since we do a lot of that at Netflix. But yeah, definitely a really good podcast. I've listened listened to a few episodes on there. I highly recommend it. Before we end the episode, I want to thank you, Ellen, for joining us. Thanks for being a guest. It was a pleasure having you. And where can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I'm at Ellen Chiza on Twitter, or Ellen Chiza if you Google it anywhere on the internet.
0: And you are hiring. And I am hiring, so so please
1: please Google me and email me.
0: Awesome. (laughs) And where can everyone get in touch with the panelists? Stacey.
1: I'm Stacey
3: Londoner on Twitter. I'm Mars Josephine on Twitter.
0: Jim Young on Twitter. And I'm Burgess D. Ryan on Twitter. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to Frontend Happy Hour Podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. What else do we have? Breaker. Ah, there's tons of them out there. Follow us on Twitter at Front End HH. Any last words?
2: Focus. 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 Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.